God's Spirit is so sweet and so, so wonderful this morning. And you know, when Pastor texted me Friday and then I called him and talked to him and he asked me if I could fill in, I got to thinking, this, you know, back in January 3rd of 1999, I told God, I was telling Bill this morning, I told God, I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll, I'll do what your will is for me. I never dreamed that I would be preaching in prisons. I sure never dreamed that I would be speaking in churches, especially my own church. But I count it a privilege because this is my story. This is my song. You know, I'm going to praise my Savior all the day long. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. Does that mean I don't make mistakes? No. But that means that I'm going to praise my God no matter what I do, no matter where I'm at. I'm going to give God the glory because He deserves the glory. He deserves the praise. And this morning I thank God that I'm privileged to be able to speak again to my people, my brothers, my sisters. And you know, usually on the third Sunday of the month, except for this last year and a half almost now, we go to prisons. And we go on Father's Day. And I haven't got to preach on a Father's Day, so guys, get ready. We may be here till 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon. Well, maybe not. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm so glad that this is our story. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter where you've been, no matter what happens in your life, there's a time that you can say, this is my story, God. I'm going to praise you for who you are. I'm going to praise you for what you've done in my life. I'm going to praise you because that you are the God that you said you were. And that promise to us is that He's coming back and He's coming soon. He's going to return one of these days. He's going to take us to a place that we're going to get to sing worship before God. And I'm so excited. You know, I can just imagine what it's going to be like. Because... The host of heaven, the, the saints that have been called by His name get to stand before the throne or kneel before the throne like the song says, I don't know what I'm going to do. I may fall down. I may not be able to sing for a while, but one of these days I'm going to get to be in the presence of the Almighty God and I'm going to get to sing His glory. And you know what? We're going to be singing a song that only the redeemed can sing. The angels are going to have to watch us sing the praise to God Almighty because they don't know the redemption that we don't that we know. They don't know the songs that we're going to sing because we are the redeemed called by His name and washed in His blood. I'm telling you, we're going to sing a song that's going to be glorious that the angels are going to be saying, wow, do you hear that? Bill, they're going to be saying, wow, I wish I could be part of that, but they can't be part of that because only the redeemed are going to get to sing this glorious song to our God. Let's sing this one more time about this is our story. This is our song because we are worshiping our Father this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. This is my story. This is my song. We know that COVID was going to strike our, our pastors. So this morning as we was going to do Royal Rangers and Missionette Awards and stuff, uh, I believe we were putting that off till next week. Is that right? 
till sometime, okay, when, whenever the pastor's going to be back and when he says we're going to do it, we'll let him take care of that. But uh, anyway, so this morning, before we go any further too, part of worship is calling out to God. And I know that, that this morning we need to lift up our pastor, their, ha- their family. I can't imagine what it's like a whole family being tested positive for COVID. I just can't imagine that. But you know, one thing I know is that I serve a God that's bigger than COVID. I serve a God that's a healer of all manners of diseases and sicknesses. And so this morning, if you have a, if you have a need, if you just raise your hand, we want to pray with you. We want to agree together with you for the need that you need met. Because God is here in this morning and He's ready to touch and meet needs. God, His hand is not shortened. His, you know, He may be looking down from heaven, but I'm telling you, He's walking with us also because He's everywhere. And, and our God is ready to touch and meet our needs. So if you have a need, if you just raise your hand, we're going to pray with you for it. And, and so, Anyway, so, so thank you. There's one re- need. And if you'll just reach your hand out. God, I pray that this morning, Lord, I lift up my pastors to you. I pray that you'll touch their bodies this morning. Because God, COVID is nothing to you. Because all you have to do is speak. and it's Lord, you can heal by the distances because your hand is not shortened. Lord, that you are here to meet these needs. You're here to touch these lives. And God, not just those needs of the COVID, but Lord, the needs that are represented here. The needs that are represented in our homes, God. I pray that you'll meet those needs. I pray that you'll touch those lives, Lord. Those that are in need of you, God for whatever it is, Lord, we call upon you. And in faith believing that they shall be healed. In faith believing that they shall be receiving the needs that they have. God, because there's nothing too short for you to do, God. It may be a financial need. It may be physical. It may be whatever it is, God. You didn't say that it had to be a certain thing, but you said bring everything before you and ask in your name and believing and it shall be done. So God, this morning we come to you. We come before you asking and believing, Lord, for the answers that's on the way, Lord, for the healings that's coming, for the lives that's coming to be changed, Lord, for those that we've been calling out to you for salvations, Lord, they're going to hear your voice, God, we're going to, they're going to turn to you and they're going to come to you, Lord, and we lift up our country to you, God, that you will lead and direct us, Lord, into your pathways, God, lead us back to the altars, Lord, to come to you before you, to be the country that you've called us to be, Lord, we ask these things in your glorious name, and we believe in the answers, Lord, we Believe in the things that's being done in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, as I said, the pastor had called me or texted me Friday, and, and I called him, and he asked me if I could fill in. I said, sure, I can do it. Uh, and so then I got to thinking. I said, wow, what am I going to preach? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? Because... God, I want to be in your will. God, I want to do what you want me to do. And so I started looking. I said, okay, it's Father's Day. And so I know that there's probably dozens of ways that we can be a good and godly father. So I started looking for some. And I found one that says, oh, there's 10 ways to be. Oh, there's one to be 16 ways to be. There's 25 ways to be a good godly father. And I said, man, there's lots of ways. And I said, i got to narrow it down because I really can't preach till two or three o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> but I can? Oh, <laughs> I thought I could, anyway, uh, so, but you know, and, and everything in there was from 
being a friend to your child. And I'm like, okay, that's okay, but you've got to be a parent to your child too. And, you know, and loving your wife, well, yeah, that's part of, but that's being a good husband. You know, and they had all of these things, and so I finally narrowed it down to five ways to be a godly father. And, you know, everything was some of these things that I, I, there's no way I could agree with some of the things that I had looked at and saw, and I said, that doesn't actually make you a good godly father. That makes you a good person, a good husband, like I was saying, but things like that. I said, but the most important of, of the fathers is to, that it's always overlooked that every man can be a father, whether it's good or bad, whether you're present or not, not present, that your actions or your inactions leads to you be to what kind of father that you are. And, it, you know, it can affect the children's lives from infant all the way up to adulthood. And, you know, that's why a lot of times, because dads want to be the friends to their son and, and their daughters and stuff, that's why we hear now we have the term, the daddy issues. You know, we reckon, that's a recognizable term now because... Oh, well, this person is this way because they had daddy issues. This person is that way because the daddy issues in their lives. And, you know, whether it was just being a friend or whether it was being an absent dad, we do, we do see the daddy issues. And, uh, you know, I know one thing that I've learned from my dad, and he, and he necess- wasn't necessarily a godly man, because he didn't go to church very often, but when he did, he made the most of it. But one thing my dad always made sure of, because I can remember one time that I was going to rebel because he had to go out on a job on Sunday, and I was wanting to go with him. And he said, no, you're not going. I have to work on Sunday. You're going to church with your mother. He made sure... My three brothers and I and my two sisters went to church. He made sure that we were in church on Sundays because he knew the importance of church. And he knew the importance of getting God's Word in our lives. And, and another thing that I learned from Daddy was how to work. I've, I've told people at, work, at my job, I said, you know what, there's kids here that's, that's not even a third of my age and I can still work circles around them because of how my dad taught me how to work. You know, I can remember as a kid that, that I would go to bed sometimes at night and daddy would still be working. He would still be doing a job so that somebody could, could to go do their job the next day. Because daddy taught me how to work. I know how to work. And it's just part of my life of being busy all the time. And I sure appreciate what he taught me about working. And, uh, you know, he also taught me when I work to do it and do it right so it doesn't have to come back the second time. And, you know, that's one thing that in my line of profession, I need to do it right. Carol and I was talking this morning just a little bit about if, if in my job, which I'm a mechanic, if I don't do it right the first time, it could be catastrophe for somebody. What if I work on their car and they're driving it and it quits in front of another vehicle or something, or they're pulling out and it stops, it hesitates, whatever reason it may be. 
they could be having a serious accident. It would be my fault because I didn't do it right the first time. And so, you know, that's one thing that my dad taught me. Do it right the best of my ability. And, the, and if I can, make sure I do it right the first time so I don't have to do it again. But, you know, the characteristics, the, there's five characteristics that I wanted to bring forth this morning about a godly father. The first one is, is that a godly father teaches. You know, our education system today isn't what it used to be. And most of the time, kids are only there six, seven, maybe eight hours sometimes. I don't know how long their school day is anymore. But you know what? They're at home the rest of the time, or they should be at home, especially if they're younger. We as parents, we as dads, have to teach our children. We have to teach them the Word of God. We have to teach them the godly things because they're sure not learning it in school today. You know, if you, if you say the word God, you're probably in trouble in school anymore. You know, they, they've barred God from coming in school, but they make all these rules, and they don't understand that these rules can't keep God out if a child wants to bring God in their heart to school. These rules can't keep God away from the school doors if the children want to bring them there. And so it's up to us to teach our children to bring God to the schools. It's up to us to teach our children that God is the number one reason that they're alive. It's up to us to teach our children <coughs> excuse me, that God is the main reason for our living. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. So that even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, like I say, my dad wasn't really a godly man. But my mother, that's different. She made sure that I learned my memory verses every Sunday. So that I could know them. So that I could quote them. Not just so that I could get a, a check mark or a point at, in children's church. It's so that I could hide God's Word in my heart. My mother taught me how to read God's Word. My mother taught me the importance of God's Word. But you know what? We as dads need to do the same thing. We need to be the ones praying with our children. We need to be the ones praying with those kids and, and teaching them that God is the only way, that God is the one that is walking with them, that God will see them through the tough times. We need to teach our children in today's time that, that it's not what they're teaching in school sometimes, but it's what God is saying what is important in our lives. You know, we need to teach them the ways of God. We need to show them that, that when we teach them that when God is, is uh, the right way, that they're going to grow up in that. They're going to they're gonna follow, the, follow God's Word. They're going to follow God's will. You know, training up a child is less about math and, and reading and writing and all those things, but it's, it's about God's Word. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You know what? That's what 90% of your kids are learning. We should be teaching them the ways of God instead of letting the teachers teach them this, this stuff that they're teaching them today. 
you know, I'm going to step on toes probably some, on some people out there, but you know what? I'm not about to teach a boy that he can be a girl. I'm not about to teach a girl that he can be a boy. You know, there was a, there's a teacher in Virginia that just got fired because he refused to do this. He said, that's against my life, that's against God's rules, and that's against what we should be teaching our children. He said, we're doing more harm to them when we teach them that they can do whatever they want to do. They can be whoever they want to be and without, without consequences. He said, but one of these days they're going to stand before God and he's going to say, I tried to tell you and I tried to teach you. I tried to send people into your life to show you that you are, are need to be following my word. God didn't say that, that he created different kinds of, of lives. He said, I created man and I created woman. He created male and female. He didn't create all these other things that they're coming up with. And so God says, I need you to teach your children these things. He said, in the, in, in the end time... They're going to be the ones that are standing before me and they're going to have to answer to the, what they were doing. And, and, and then the parents have nothing to say anymore. But the, the parents will have something to say when they stand before God. What did you teach your children? What did you tell them and how that they could live? Did you tell them it was alright for them to do whatever that they please? Or did you tell them that this is what God's Word said and this is how it's supposed to be? What are we teaching our children? What are we telling them? How important is it that we are showing them a God and a God of love? The second thing I want to say is that a godly father provides an example worth following. You can't be a godly father unless you live it. You can tell people all the time. You can say these kind of things. But if you don't live what you're telling them, you're not doing it right. You know, we can do too many things, and there's already been too many people said, this is how to live. Do what I say and not what I do. My goodness, you can see what all the politicians are making all these laws, and you know, especially during this COVID thing, you know, oh, you cannot go do this, you can't do that, but what do they do? The opposite. So, you know, in today's time, you can't tell your child, this is what you're supposed to do. Do as I'm going to tell you, but don't watch me because I'm going to do something different. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. Because let me tell you what, most of the time, today's world, and even when I was growing up, kids, I didn't hear half the stuff my parents told me. You know, I didn't hear a lot of the things that they said except when, they, when I heard the belt coming off, I heard that. Let me tell you, that speaks loud. But in today's time, the kids don't know that noise. They don't know that sound. <coughs> but they should. But let me tell you what. If you live your life, they're watching it. If you live an example before God, they're seeing it. They're looking for somebody in today's time to, to stand up. And say that Bill, Bill, can you take care of this, Lisa? But I'm telling you, we've got to be who God has called us to be because the kids are definitely watching. And if they see you saying, okay, 
you, you have to read the Bible, but they never see you reading the Bible. If, you see, if they see you and hear you tell them you need to be praying and they never see you pray, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to do exactly what you're doing. They're going to they're say, well, I need to pray or I need to read God's Word. I need to do this. I need to do that. But I don't see my parents doing it. I don't see my dad doing it. I don't see anybody else doing it. So why do I really need to do it? It must not be that important. So if it's important enough for you to tell them to do it, you need to be living it. You know, Romans 2, 21 uh, through 24, it tells us that when you, you then who teach others, you do not teach yourself. While you preach against stealing, you, do you steal? You who say that one must commit adult, must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law of dishonor God by breaking the law. For it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. And then in Proverbs 20 and 7 it says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. So you know what? The Bible tells us to walk our walk. Not just talk our talk. It tells us to live what we say we're doing. And we have to do these things. You know, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul said that to, to follow me, he said, be imitators of me as I follow Christ. You know, so what better example do we have of Christ? We can look at what He did. We can look at who He was. We can know what He said was truth. And we can know that He spoke it and He lived it. <coughs> he said, I'm going to come and I'm going to die for you. He could have easily called, you know, the Word tells us He could have called legions of angels down to, to deliver Him out of the hands of the enemy. But He didn't. He walked the walk so that we could live a life free from sin. So that's what I'm telling you today. We've got to provide an example worth following to our kids. Who are we going to let them look up to? Are we going to let them look up to the politicians of today? Are we going to let them look up to some of the, the men and women that is in powerful places today and say, well, I want you to be like them? Or are we going to say, I want you to be like some of these pastors? I want you to be like a Billy Graham was. I, you know, as, as many years as I've heard him preaching, I never heard a rumor about what he did wrong because he was a man of God. He was a man of integrity, and he followed God's Word. And he not only followed it, but he walked it. He lived it. He showed it. And so, you know, we need to be men like, like Billy Graham. We need to be men like Paul was. We need to be men like the disciples were, you know, a lot of times I think that I said, you know, I kind of feel like I'm, I, I have the Peter in me. I have the, I have the, I have the one that, that, you know, because when they came to take Jesus, he was angry about it. He tried to kill a man. Because you can't tell me he just wanted to cut the man's ear off. You know, Peter was a hothead. And sometimes I find myself being in that same position. But I have to calm myself down and say, wait a minute. First of all, I'm a man of God and I need to show people who I am. You know, so we have to live that life. We have to walk that life. We have to be the men that God has called us to be. That's worth the following so that we can show the children who they need to follow. And this one is going to be a tough one. 
But the third thing is to be a godly father. He disciplines his children. Oh, I know, that D word, that big word. You know, it's not very popular in today's time. You can't tell a child no. You can't tell a child you have to go stand in the corner. You can't tell a child that you hear those seven claps. Oh, that used to scare me. That brought me in. That got my attention quick. But let me tell you, you can't do that in today's time because the children will turn you in. The children know that they can go to the law and you can, be, you can be arrested for it because that you discipline your child. And sometimes it doesn't take a, a belt. Sometimes it doesn't take a paddle. But let me tell you what, I had my paddling. I had my belts numerous times. And I can tell you that I've never spent a night in jail. I can tell you that I was brought up fearing what my dad would do when he found out. And it wasn't because that I feared that, that I was wrong. It was because I feared that I knew that I was going to be told what to do and, and showed how to do it right. But let me tell you what, you can't, today's time, you can't teach your children this way. You have to set them down and you have to talk to them and you have to tell them. But you know what? We can't just say, next time I want you to be, and this is what I want you to do. And, and so now everything's okay and, and it's all all right. You don't beat up that kid anymore. You don't go steal that anymore. You don't do this wrong anymore. No. You set them down and say, look, if you, don't, if you want to turn out right, you're going to have to start living right. You're going to have to start listening to what God is saying. We're going to, have to, we're going to talk about this, and the next time it won't be a talking. The next time it's going to be some more severe punishment. Because if you don't keep doing these things, guess what? The law will. Eventually, they'll be in trouble with the law. And you, we see it all around the world, but mostly here in America because we hear about it all the time, that this person was shot, that person was shot, this person got in trouble for this, that person got in trouble for that. And, and what is it all, a lot of it in common is? They've been troublemakers. They've never been taught the Word of God. They've never been taught that you're not supposed to steal. They've never been taught that you're not supposed to, to do these things. They, they've never been taught these things of God. They just get to do what they want to do. They've never had the discipline that they've needed growing up. But a, fa- a godly father will discipline his child. A folly godly, you know, I can, and, and I know there's a lot of you have heard this. And, 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 and know that it's like, this don't make any kind of sense. But a dad will say to his child, just before he disciplines, man, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> I don't know how it hurts you more, Daddy, because it sure hurt me quite a bit. <laughs> I'm telling you, these things, we've got to discipline our child. We've got to discipline them. And... Uh, In Proverbs 13.24, it says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Whoa, that's in God's Word? That you're supposed to discipline your child? That you're supposed to make them follow the laws and follow the rules? Yes, that's in God's Word. Yes, but even, even, even another one is in Ephesians 6 and 4. It says, For the moment, all this discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Ooh, that sounds familiar, don't it? This is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. 
Oh, no. But God said that, that it, it, it's going to be painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That's Hebrews, I'm sorry, that's in Hebrews 12 and 11. Ephesians, I, I got ahead of myself. Ephesians says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bill was right. It's hard to see up here. But I'm telling you, God is saying, discipline your children so they will grow up knowing who God is and right from wrong. Because in today's time, we see it so much going on. People do not know the difference between right and wrong anymore. You know, we have the politicians telling them, it's okay that, that, they can, that they're breaking in and stealing this stuff. They might have needed it, but they need a release from, from their anger. They need a way out of, of not being cooped up and, and their anger just explode. Well, you know what? That's anger coming out. When you go steal something, you're breaking God's Word. You haven't been taught that that was wrong. And you haven't been disciplined for that is wrong. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14 says, Do not withhold discipline from your child. If you strike him with the rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from hell. Now, Solomon wasn't, he wasn't saying here to beat your children. But he was saying to discipline your children. If you're going to be a godly father, you have to discipline your child to know right from wrong. That is a thing that we need to do to our children. The fourth thing is that a godly father loves his children. The whole motivation behind all of this, the teaching they're providing an example. The discipline is love. John 3, 4 tells us, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Let me tell you something. It's no greater thing to know that your child is a child of God. As a parent, I don't care if you're a father or a mother or a grandfather, the greatest thing to know is that your child is living for God. Let me tell you, my son growing up, I didn't know if he was going to make it. I didn't know if I was going to choke him sometimes or if I was going to love him because he really pushed my buttons. One thing I did, I kept showing him God. I kept teaching him God's Word. I kept doing the things that I knew that God wanted me to do. I prayed for him. I lifted him up before God. And let me tell you, as a dad, my heart is bursting from the seams to know that he's a minister in Oklahoma City because I kept showing him and teaching him, and, and, and doing it out of love, not out of anger, but teaching him the right from wrong. And, and no, I was not perfect. There's no dad here that can be a perfect dad because we're not God. 
But there's a da- every dad here, every granddad here can show their children and grandchildren the love of God and teach them that love and just keep praying that one of these days they're going to do what God is calling them to do. My son, I can't, I can say I can't be more proud of him. My daughters, one's a school teacher, she's living for God. One's a homemaker, she's raising her children to be godly kids. You know, the things that they were taught and showed, God is in it. My daughter, oldest daughter, married to a man that's a worship leader in their church, that, that this morning he sent me a text telling me, thank you for being the dad that you've been. The example that you have shown. Let me tell you what. There was times I didn't know that I was telling Carol this morning, there was times I didn't know if they was going to be, be living together long because it seemed like Satan was attacking from every side. But you keep praying. You keep showing. You keep leaving, living. You keep teaching. You keep giving them the love of God. And it will come out. I'm not saying that it happens every time, but I'm telling you, that God is who He promised to be. He said, I will show them. If you keep teaching them my love, I will keep calling them. I will keep, I will keep speaking to them, and I will teach them the truth of what you're telling them. So we have to show our children love. We have to do it because, because it is God's love. You know, there is no greater joy, like I read a while ago, than my children are walking in the truth. You know, as a parent, that's the greatest thing that you can say about your children, that they're walking in the truth. They know the love of God. They know that God's presence is real in your life because they've seen it. They've seen you walk it. They've seen you teach it. They've seen you call out God's name. And you know, 1 Corinthians 16, 14, it says, Let all that you do be done in love. You can't discipline your children out of anger. You have to discipline them because you love them, because you care about them, because you don't want to see what's going to happen later on in life if you don't. You have to walk the walk out of love, not because that you want to look like a great person in front of them, because you want them to know what it's like to be loved by God and to be loved by a parent. And the last thing is that a godly father... Praise. You know, without prayer, there's not much left in, for you to do for your children. You have to do it with God's help. You can't be a parent by yourself. You can't do it by yourself at all. And like I said a while ago, there's no perfect dad except God the Father. He was the one that is perfect in everything that we do. You know, we, we, we need to, our children need to, need to see us calling out to God. They need to hear us. When, when they go to bed, they need to hear us calling out the God's name and asking for them to be blessed by God and asking God to teach them and asking God to help you to teach them and asking God to help you to love them and asking God that they will fall in love with, with Him just like you have. You know, we, we cannot... Do these things. First Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray without ceasing. 
And that doesn't mean just to pray for our country. That doesn't mean just to pray for our neighbors and for our unsaved loved ones and our unsaved friends. That doesn't just mean to pray about our finances. That doesn't mean to just pray about all the other things that matter. That means to pray over our family. That means to pray over our family for protection. Pray over our family for healing. Pray over our family for salvation. Pray over our family for all the needs that they have. And pray over our family that they'll be strong when the enemy comes against them. That they will know right from wrong. To keep praying the, the, the prayers over God. Pray for your children. And pray for their that they, that they will learn how to pray. Pray that they will know how to do the things. We, we was talking earlier this morning about my granddad. When he would come to my house to visit. He lived in Texas and we lived in Arkansas. And whether we would go to his house or they would come to our house. We never went to bed without praying and reading the Bible. That's one thing that I can say that I definitely remember from my grandparents. That the Word of God was important in our lives. That the God's Word was more important than sleep. God's Word was more important than anything else that we could do. Communicating with God was the second most important thing. Not only to read His Word, but talk to Him. To get in touch with God, to know that He's wanting to lead us. To get in touch with God, to know that He's wanting to do things in our lives that only He can do. That is the things that we need to be teaching our children is to pray without ceasing. To pray and call out to God for all of the needs. I don't care if it's a little cut on your finger or if it's a broke leg or if whatever it may be. Call out to God for it because God cares about all of our needs. If He didn't, He would have never given us His Word. He was sure never would have came and lived this on this earth. He would have just said, I'm going to wipe it out and start over. God cares enough about us to need to touch our lives in every situation and every need that we have. Whether it looks like it's a, a mountain that can't be moved. God still says, speak unto that mountain and it shall be cast into the sea. God says, if you have a need, bring it before me because I will meet your need. We have to be, keep praying every day. Pray not just for your children, but pray with your children also so that they will know the power of prayer, so that they will know that they can talk to God at any time and at any place to pray to God without ceasing. And in James 1 and 5, it says, if any you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given unto him. Ask God whatever your need is. So whatever it is that you have, you go to God with. Don't let it just go by. Teach your children how to pray. Show your children how to pray. Men, God is calling so many of us out from our comfort zones. He's calling us out to be the godly man that He's called us. He's calling us out to ask Him for the wisdom that we need to raise our children. And not only our children, but those of you that have grandchildren. He wants us to show them that God is the most important thing in our lives. He wants us to show our children and show our grandchildren and our and for those that have great-grandchildren. I don't yet, but let me tell you what. I have nine grandchildren I love all of them with my heart. And I can tell you now, today, that they love me back. They love to come to Grandy's house, not just because I have all the candy and stuff, but they know that I love them and that I pray over them. They know God dwells in my house. And so let me tell you, these five things 
We need to teach our children. We need to live out what we teach. We need to correct them when they stray. We need to do everything out of love and pray continually. That's the five things as parents, as fathers, that we need to be doing so that our children will have a chance, so that our children will know that God is who He said He is. So if you're here this morning, if you're at home listening, and you're saying, I have struggled with this. I didn't know that I could actually pray with my children. I thought I was just to pray for my children. I thought I was just supposed to be their friend and help them through the times that, that they needed. Let me tell you what. That is a parent's job, but a parent's job is also to pray with your children. I took my children to church. Lindsay, I can remember taking her in a car seat and she'd sleeping through the service. I can remember <laughs> I can remember me going to church. Carol remember this. We went to church together as young kids. The look that you get from your mother, you better straighten up. That look is all it takes sometimes. And if you had to go sit by her, that little pinch and twist, that gets your attention quick. Let me tell you. But that was a discipline. That was a teaching us to pay attention to what God is saying through the pastor. To pay attention to what was happening in worship service. Because so many times, even this morning, we felt God's presence in the worship of God. Because God said, I will inhabit your praise. And so this morning, if you're saying, I do have trouble, I struggle with, with knowing how to pray with my children, just pray. It don't have to be an hour-long prayer. Just pray. Just call your children in and say, we're fixing to pray. You know, there's so many times that... that we see kids that don't know how to pray because they hadn't been taught. And then we see kids that when they sit down to eat, they say, who's going to pray? They know the power of prayer. They know asking God to bless your food. They know that, that, that it's good to be in prayer, that it's good to be in communication with God because they've been taught that. And what we teach them of God will not go astray. What we teach them of God will not be in vain. Because let me tell you, I grew up knowing the power of prayer. I grew up knowing what God was doing. I grew up with a praying mother and a dad that made sure I went to church. I grew up with these things of being in church every time the church was open. It was like, my goodness, we've got to go again. You know, it, it's Tuesday night. It's Thursday night. It's Friday night. Why do we have to go to church? Oh, because church doors are open. That's why we're going to church. That's what I know. And did I live my life perfect for God? No. When I got to be a, a young adult, I said, I'm living what I want to do. I'm going to go where I want to go, do what I want to do, and see what I want to see. 
And then God called me on January the 3rd of 1999. He said, I want you to serve me. I want you to quit living the life you've been living. The teaching that my mother and my dad made sure I had came back to me. I knew God's voice. I knew God was speaking to me. And that's why right down here, that Sunday morning, I said, God, I will serve you for the rest of my life. I will do what you want me to do. I will go where you want me to go. I will be your child. I will do what you're calling me to do. God, I want you in my life. Let me tell you, that doesn't mean that life is perfect and life is easy. But that means I had somebody on my side that all I had to do is say, Hey, God. And he said, What do you want, David? Hey, God, I need help. He said, I'm right here with you. Hey, God, I. And he says, Don't worry. I already know. Let me tell you, because of a parent that taught me and grandparents that taught me and and brothers and sisters that learned with me, God is important. God is our life. If you're here this morning and you're saying, I struggle sometimes, let me tell you, all you have to do is ask God for help, and He will help you. God will show you how to tell your child, so let's pray. Let's call out to God. Let's talk. You can see what I do and how I act. You know, as dads, we need to be teaching our daughters the kind of man that they're looking for, for a husband. As a dad, we need to be teaching our sons what kind of, de- what kind of uh, husband he should be. You know, God tells us that the husband should love the wife as much as he loves himself and be willing to give his life for her. You know, that's one thing that God has taught us. Men, we should stand up and say, I will be the man that God is calling me to be, to be the godly dad that God is calling me to be. I will teach my children. And so this morning, just ask God. Ask God for His help. Father, this morning I thank You for Your presence that is here. God, for the lives that is here that You are touching. God, for the things that You're doing the word that you have spoken. God, through me, I'm just a voice. I'm just a person. But your word will not come back void. Because God, this morning, you were wanting to tell someone, to teach someone how to be the dad that they should be. How to show their son, how to show their daughter who you are calling them to be. God, this morning, I pray for those that are here and I pray for those that are home. Lord, that Your Word will sink into their heart and that You will minister to those that are, that are here this morning and those that are in need this morning. Father, those, that are, those parents that are looking for a time to, 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 to say, what do I need to do, God? How do I do this, God? When shall I do this, God? God, You have the answers. And, and I pray that they hear Your voice this morning. I pray that they will hear what You're calling them out to do. And God, I, pray, I give you the thanks this morning 
for your presence that was here. God, I give you the thanks this morning for the things that you're doing. And Lord, for the lives that you're touching and the men that you're drawing closer to you, God, that will stand up to be mighty men for you, Lord. Well, it will show not only their children and their grandchildren, God, that your word is true, but they'll show those around them. They'll show the men and women at Walmart. They'll show the men and women at their jobs, Lord. They will show the men and women wherever they may be, even driving on the highways, Lord, that who you are, that you're God and that you're wanting to bring peace into their lives. Lord, that I pray this morning for these people. I pray for the, for the men, Lord, that will stand up and say, God, use me. Show me how to be the better father. Show me how to be the better granddad. Show me how to teach my children your love and your mercy and your kingdom coming, Lord. God, we ask these things in your glorious name. God, we give you the praise and we give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name this morning. Amen. I want to say thank you to everybody for being here this morning. I know Lisa has gifts for all the men that are here, the guys that are here. Lisa and Kent, they're going to be handing them out. But they've got one gift, big gift, oh, a five-gallon bucket with paper in it. Guys, who wants the five-gallon bucket with paper in it? (laughs) I don't know what's in it. I have no clue. But it doesn't matter to me. But anyway, is everybody got their every guy, you got your name in the box I think Carol was, making, was getting all the names of the guys. And uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Lisa and let her do this because she does this great. Oh, I wouldn't say that. But we just want to honor not just the fathers but all men this morning. So if you're 18 and older, and um, if you haven't signed a, your name on a piece of paper, I need you to do that real quickly because we're going to do a a drawing uh, for the big prize here. Um, but we have obviously a gift for, for all, the, all the guys here today. Um, and, of course, it's not from me. It's from Pastor Greg and the church. So, But I, I just quickly just want to pray over all of our men and all of, all of, all of our young and old. <laughs> Because, you know, men are important. Men are designed to be the head of the home. And I feel like that in our day and time, because of the role that God wants the man to be, the man has been attacked the most. And it's up to us women (laughs) to uphold our men and to pray for them. And uh, so I just quickly want to pray, and then we'll do the drawing. Father, we just thank you for all the men that you have brought into our lives. And Father, I just pray a special blessing and a special touch and a special anointing upon our men. We thank you that you have designed man to be in your image and to be the head of the home. And I just pray, Father that whatever attack of the enemy has come against our men, we just bind it in the name of Jesus, that you raise up our men to be what you've designed them to be. And, Father, we just give you the glory and praise, and we thank you for, for every man here, and I just, just pour out your love and your spirit upon them and strengthen them. And we just give you the glory and praise. Amen. 
All right. Uh, Carol, come help me. We've got, have we got everybody's name in here? All the men, 18 and older. Okay. So, I'm trying to stir them up. There's one stuck together. All right. I'm going to have Carol pick a name. (laughs) Yeah. Bradley Daniel. (laughs) Come claim your prize. (laughs) He's my son, for those of y'all don't know. (laughs) That's right, all that paper. Yeah, that's it, it's yours. There's a... kind of a grill kind of set in there, but there's uh, uh, a Danny Goki CDs in there and just some goodies. So, but anyways, blessings to y'all. Thank you everyone for being here today. Have a good rest of your day. Father, this morning we thank you for your love. God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to give unto you, Lord, as you have given unto us. God, that you will use this offering, you will bless it, you will touch lives with it. Because, God, we give it to you to, to, to move and to make ways happen in this life, Lord, that lives will be changed because of you and who you are. God, we give you glory this morning and we give you the praise. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Father's Day.